Right now, so you're listening to the Model Musings podcast. Uh, this is going to be the first episode, I guess. So my name is Dennis Martin. I've been a scale model maker for really, really my entire my entire uh, teenage life, and it's a hobby that I'm really into. I really enjoy it, and I've always been looking for ways to improve my own techniques, my own builds. And I thought, well, you know, in the, in the process of improving myself, I wanted to also maybe share some of the things that I've gained, some of the insights, some of the tips, some of the knowledge with the community in general. Uh, this podcast, just like, I guess from an announcement perspective, it's going to be pretty off the cuff. I won't really have any scripts. Um, my plan is that I want to make basically make episodes when the inspiration hits me. So, you know, the same way you get hit with the kind of bug to build a specific kit, well, that's going to be the same thing that I approach this podcast with. So it's going to be off the cuff unscripted that means it's probably going to be pretty rough I, I can imagine this one's going to be pretty rough in particular but my plan is i'm going to do stuff like kit reviews i'm going to talk about such things as new techniques uh perhaps even uh looking at the community events within the community say what's going on at conventions um and ultimately i just want to turn this into sort of a space for people for the community at large to get a bit more engaged with the hobby because this is an excellent hobby to be in uh for all ages um, so I guess a little bit about myself, I actually work at a hobby store, which will remain unnamed for the purposes of their privacy, but I, I actually know a little bit about what I'm talking about from that perspective. I work very extensively with scale model making, and I'd like to consider myself at least, uh, as being somewhat capable of producing an interesting end result. Now, generally speaking, I model in the 35th and 48th scales. So normally I'm making either aircraft or armor. Um, but I'm definitely looking to definitely branch out into stuff such as 24th scale, uh, maybe go back to 72nd scale at some point. So a lot of my reviews are going to be on Tamiya products just because that's sort of what I, I, what I work with at my workplace. Um, and I'm also most experienced with that. But for sure, I'm going to try and get more reviews on maybe some, some niche products as well. But I think also it's important to, if I am going to do reviews, definitely do reviews and talk about the Tamiya kits because they are well, they're pretty much the most prolific uh, kit type you've got out there. So yeah, that's going to be what Model Musings is all about. Um, I'll, I'll try and get get a way for people who listen to it to be able to like submit messages, and maybe I'll even get up some social media pages for it. But the plan right now is just that, yeah, it's going to be pretty much a one-sided discussion about all things scale modeling. So... I guess the a good way to start is to, well, I guess I'll, I'll describe what I'm working on right now. So right now, I'm working on the Tamiya Jeep, and I'm going to just leave the microphone for one second so I can actually pull it up and I can give a bit of a better view on it. So I got this Jeep for about $24 at my workplace, and it's uh, the Willys MB uh, quarter-ton 4x4 truck. It's the military miniature number 219. This is a newer Tamiya kit. I don't know exactly what year it came out. It probably says on the on the actual plastic molding of the body. But I guess it's a good way to start this entire you know, podcast experience because this is really a very basic kit. But it's also really representative of what is good about something like a company like Tamiya. So it's in 35th scale. It's not in 24th or anything like that. It's in standard military miniature scale. And it's essentially an update, I would say, of some of Tamiya's earlier stuff, like the SAS 
uh, Jeeps and all, and all all of the earlier stuff that they produced. This is definitely a very refined kit. It's very, very well uh, tooled and molded. And I think it's really a good way for people to get in, introduced to the to the idea of the whole scale armor modeling and hobby in general, because it goes together simply, but it's also really representative of what the industry standard for quality is. So I've already made one of these, actually. I turned it into a first airborne uh, division, airborne Jeep. Uh, that one I brush paint. So this is going to be the first one that I'm actually airbrushing. I use an Amada Neo uh, with just a standard Mastercraft compressor. And I'm finding it's really, really good. Now, I'm probably going to do a review on a Tamiya King Tiger. The I got the Arden one, as well as the M10 Achilles. Those I both airbrushed. So I'm definitely going to take the time to actually you know, do a review on those kits and you know what's, what it's like to airbrush as well. J just from the get-go, though, with the Jeep, this is something that I think is really representative of why Tamiya is the industry standard, really, for model kits. Because with what they've done here is that it's not inex it's not it's not inexpensive because you are getting a Jeep, but what you're getting is you're also getting a huge number of really well made accessories. You're getting the ability to make really any kind of Jeep you want from that time period of you know 1941 to 45, and you're getting the the understanding that with it being a Tamiya product, yes, you're paying a bit more but you are getting a really, really excellent guarantee of quality. I mean, there's no, nothing, there's no saying, it's not like say where you get a kit from say Atari or Airfix, where especially if it's a bit older, it it's going to be a bit sketchy. You might have some flash here or some warp issues. And I, I think one of the most common complaints about to me is that you, you do sacrifice some quality, especially for these lower cost kits, but especially when it comes to the detail, uh, you, you do sacrifice some of the detail and it's not perfectly accurate. But frankly, for what you're doing, it's really, really, it's a great way to get introduced. In fact, I'd say if anyone was going to try and get, get like, if you're listening to this right now and you want to get an introduction to the to the whole hobby, the quarter ton 4x4 truck from Tamiya, number 219, really good way to start because it's not too difficult to put together. You can brush paint it if you want. You don't have to. But it's also something that if you're an experienced model maker such as myself, it's actually good, to, I think, to get some of these simpler less expensive kits not because you know just because it's tithing me between projects right but it's also because it's a good way to consistently refine your skills when you build something like this and you're using stuff like airbrushing and advanced building techniques maybe even some super detailing or scratch building it's a good idea to look at it and say okay on this small project where i can feel free to take you know a bit of risk what am i seeing you know what, what am i seeing with my own techniques that I think I can improve. When I'm doing something such as the new Tamiya M10 Achilles, I'm not really interested in trying out new things that might potentially screw up the model, right? So I would never start airbrushing on something like that. I would probably do it on something like the Jeep, right? Because it's a small project. It's, a, I think, one of the important things, and now I'm going to go off on a tangent, that's going to be something that you're going to hear a lot in these podcasts, but it's important, I think, to often engage in these small projects just to keep yourself sharp. Because, you know, oftentimes I think as modelers, we'll, we'll go on these dry spells where it's almost like writer's block where, you know, we see things that pull our interest, but frankly, there's nothing major going on at the moment, right? We don't have any kind of huge month-long project we're engaged in. That's going to be our, our new magnum opus, right? 
And I think it's kind of interesting because small projects like these, you don't have to make a diorama if you don't want to. You know, you don't have to go all the way in super detailed if you don't want to, because it's going to look nice no matter how you build it. I think it's important to do that just so that you can kind of maintain those skills. It's like it's like anything, right? Where if you don't if you don't consistently do it, if you don't practice it, if you don't consistently consistently try to make yourself better at it, then yeah, you might still be able to do it, but your skills might atrophy. It's like it's like if you're exercising, right? If you go for a long period without exercising, then your muscles begin to atrophy. And I think it's the same thing with scale modeling. It's not like riding a bike. Because with scale model making, there are so many techniques to try out. And frankly, I think the fact of the matter is that you need to always challenge yourself. But it's also important just to sort of work with what you've already got. So I think it's important because on these little projects, you can challenge yourself. You can try, you can go online, say, go on YouTube, right? And see, oh, this guy's using a new distressing technique or what, what have you, right? And you can... You can definitely say, okay, I'm going to get something small, like this quarter ton truck for argument's sake, or it could be something like an old Tamiya kit, because I know for sure, you know, those old Tamiya 184s from the, what, the 70s, those are not necessarily going to be the standard for quality, but they're also really cheap, which is important. Again, they're basically a canvas. It's still plastic. You can still paint on it. So if you're doing something like, say, trying out a new technique or a new product, I think it's actually really useful to be able to do stuff like work on the old maybe less less expensive lower quality kits because what that does is it gives you a risk-free environment where you can try try out something new and not you know and not not risk messing your model up right so the jeep is definitely i think really well done the there's only i'm trying to think now looking at the instructions there's only 13 steps and of those steps for the Jeep, not all of them you even have to really go through with. It's, it's more so uh, something where, if especially if you're more experienced, you can take a look at the instructions. You've got probably an idea prior of what you want to be building. You could say, okay, I don't really need this. And for some people, that you know, it matters a lot. You know, I have to do everything. I, that's for the people who go and got, buy like the mini art and tack on full interior kits and make everything perfect. Well, then that's one thing. But for, I think, a lot of people I talk to in the hobby, it's also a case where you just want to, you know, you want to enjoy what you're doing. So you might just skip certain parts because, you know, it's not necessarily imperative that you make everything the way the instructions tell you to. And I think it's important to, you know, learn how to not always follow the instructions because that allows you to be more creative. It gives you more artistic liberty. And really, at the end of the day, this is an art. So being able to take those liberties and being able to adapt yourself like that, that's really important. Now, one of the things I do often talk about is figures, like the mini figurines in the 35th scale. Because, frankly, it, since really the, 19, the late 80s, probably early 90s, the quality of model kits has been fairly 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 um straight across the board you're, you're not going to get any major stinkers if you stick to you know safe things so as long as you're not really going into the cd revel or retaliary stuff you know i think you're going to be pretty assured that you're going to get something of at least decent quality for the vehicle so figures on the other hand though are a completely different matter there's huge differences between companies and how their figures come out there's huge differences in how they're produced now um, and there's a lot of different ways you can go about doing figures. Now, some people just straight up don't build figures at all. They don't put them on the model. 
Uh, it's more about the vehicle than, you know, adding the figures. I personally do because I think it adds a bit of a story, right? So that's where I'm, I'm coming from here. Now, I'm basically at a crossroads because I've got a Bronco six-pounder yeah, and airborne anti-tank gun, right? And it comes with four minifigures. And quite frankly, Bronco, I'd say, has definitely run a circle around to me when it comes to the figures department. Now, granted, they are newer, right? But the detail is significantly better. Right now, I'm looking at the Tamiya figure that comes with the Jeep, and it's the guy who's sitting back on with his hand on the steering wheel. And characteristic to what Tamiya was in the 1990s and early 2000s, it's actually not bad. Like, there's nothing inherently bad about it. You know, there's still some seam lines. You're going to have to get rid of those. Otherwise, so the detail's pretty good. And especially if you're more advanced in your model-making techniques and skills, especially when it comes to painting figures, it's going to be really, really good. And I think you can definitely make it into something that looks very convincing and very lifelike. That said, however, I'd like to point out that at this point, to me, is basically... there's we're at a, You're at a crossroads in your building model. Because the one thing is that when you build Tamiya, and you, you know, you gain the figure with it, you know that the figures are going to work with the kit, right? You won't have to do any kind of adapting or scratch building or modifications to them. It's just going to be something that works. At the same time, though, you're kind of trading off some of the detail, maybe some of the quality. That's why I'm slowly gravitating towards companies like Bronco and MiniArt who produce this figure, the figure packs. They are expensive. I will say that. Like a mini art figure pack is going to give you fewer figures than a Tamiya one. It will cost more, but the quality is just on, it's a completely different level. The mini art at first, I actually thought it was resin <laughs> because, you know, it, the plastic looks a bit similar. And I only when it worked with polystyrene glue, I thought, oh, okay, this is actually polystyrene. They're just incredibly advanced to what they're doing. So definitely that's something to consider. Now, one thing I do like about Tamiya is that they give you a lot of options with each kit. So for instance, with this Jeep, there's a whole bunch of ways you can do it. And really, there's actually, given, frankly, given all the accessories in here, if you've got spare decals, if you've got maybe some spe country-specific uh, parts in your spare spin, you can make this Jeep really from any country you want, right? You can make it really in any configuration you want, provided you're willing to do a little bit of scratch building. And that's one of the things I like about Tamiya. It, every time I get a Tamiya kit, it always feeds my spare spin, and that's really useful. Now, taking a look here at what we get for some of the accessories, most of it's going to be weaponry. So you're going to get an M1 Garand that's basically in a sheath. You're going to get an M uh, Thompson submachine gun in a, in, a, in a sheath. You'll get some tools, some axes, some shovels, some pioneering tools, stuff like that. And what interests me is you also though get an M1919A4 as well as a vehicle mount on it. Now, it's one of the tall mounts, so it's it sticks out for fair ways, which is it was designed for a Jeep. But you could definitely adapt it, I believe, to fit on something such as an M4 Sherman, right? Because a few of them did have M1919A4s for the commander. The M the, the model of the rounding machine gun itself is actually quite it's it's acceptable, right? It's it's decent. There's nothing overtly wrong about it. You know, in all of its details, it's quite well done. It is a bit simplistic. You are going to get more detail if you go with something such as Mini Art or Bronco, or what have you. That said, however, for the price you're paying for this kit, and for something that isn't really even necessary to include, it's actually something that I think that to me it did a fairly decent job with, especially given that this kit is from 1997. Now you will have to take 
a knife or a pin vise or whatever whatever you use to sort of drill out the holes you will have to drill out the barrel on it to get that hollow feeling but aside from that it's really good and i think this is one of the kits where you can actually practice using your dry brushing techniques on it so yeah my plan is i've already got most of the actual jeep itself assembled i've left off certain components like the clear lenses and the window panes uh, for the for the windscreen my plan is that I'll finish it at some point pretty soon, and then I'll airbrush it, and I'll use some of my standard te weathering techniques. I use Mission Models paint, by the way, to airbrush. I used to use to me, and now I use Mission Models. And, you know, I will most likely give, you know, once it's all done, I've already taken some photos of the step-by-step -step assembly. I will probably give some kind of short review on it. I'll, you know, say you know, how they go together, how the paint go on, did it look good, you know, were the decals right, all of that. Um, yeah, that's my plan. So, yeah, that was extremely rambling. I went on many tangents, I digress. But that's basically what's going to happen with model musings. It's not going to be something like the Scale Model Shed podcast, which is extremely professional and really, really well done. I mean, go check, go check those guys out because they do a fantastic job. But it's definitely going to be something where if you just want to, you know, know one, one, whatever, why... Whatever would possess you to want know to want to know what I think of something in the hobby, you know, if you want to know that, well, this is the place to do it. Yeah. So yeah, I really appreciate you tuning in to this first episode, and I hope to follow up with second episode soon. Alrighty, thank you for tuning in.